Two Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Joe, what's going on? And all our listeners out there in Two Brothers, One Mike land. How are you guys doing today? Hey, Tony. Hey, hey, I have a question for you. Sure. You ever question, like, who's really in charge when it comes between you and your children? Like, how well do they have you pegged? Well, well, here's 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 the thing when it comes to that, because I have a feeling I know where you might be going with this. I have two boys, uh, and therefore... It's a little bit easier. I mean, they have me pegged, but it's a little easier for a dad to handle two boys. But you have a queen or a princess, I should say, living in that house. Oh, no, I think you were right. Yeah, queen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so listen. I, in, a no, smart one at that, folks. Let me tell you right now, my niece, well, I'm not bragging, but. Yeah, no, this will, this, this definitely confirms that. Um, so, you know, and, and, you know, it's fine that other folks will know as well that, uh, you know, we're going through this whole adoption process and yeah. uh, we're going to be opening our home for, you know, to foster and hopefully adopt one day. Well, yes. the idea is um, right now we're trying to kind of set some, some rules um, so that the kids don't really start to like blame a, a new child coming into the, into the house, mm-hmm. you know, for different things taking place. Right. So right, right now we're a little lax when it, when it came to the, well, not now we were a little lax when it came to the whole idea of having a device at the table when you eat or whatever. And it just was what it was. But, you know, now we're talking other children, um, you know, there's not going to be any room at the table for everyone to eat. So we started this rule where you can't have a device at the table. Okay. And because, again, we don't want, you know, uh, uh, this this new child to come into the home and it'd be like, well, we were able to do this until so-and-so showed up, you know. And, <laughs> and so we're, we're, we're trying to set the groundwork in other ways Beforehand. as well. Yeah. Sure. So the other day, Addison comes up to me and she says, Daddy, can I please have my device at the table? She's getting ready for breakfast. And I said, listen, I said, I'm going to say yes this one time, okay? (laughs) But you need to know that that is not always going to be what I say. And her response to that was, I know, Daddy. Sometimes it'll be, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. Or okay, or yeah, that just it just that was the only there was this, yeah. and, and I'm like, I don't know if she really believes she has me that wrapped around her little finger. I think I, she I, does. Yeah, I think she thinks that. I'm not exactly. I'm, I, I can say that in all honesty. I'm not exactly, but oh yeah, just just hilarious that that yeah. they really believe. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you. So she she's pretty sure you're going to give her positive uh, affirmation on every every time she asks. Every time, just in, just in a different way just it would just be a different word yeah so you know well you know anyways shocked right. but not shocked yeah right yeah. so <laughs> uh we got a lot to cover today we're gonna we do. we're gonna piggyback off of last week's show um by talking about how not all calories are created equal and also two very important tools that we can use to help battle insulin resistance remember we can be resistant and not be a full-on diabetic and so last week we talked about um you know, the calories and the advantages of, can I, you them. know what, can I, can I throw something in there real, 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 real quick? Certainly. I guess a lot of reels. So I, I guess it's yeah. going to be really quick. <laughs> um, 
I was reading something, uh, and I actually saw uh, a few other people had said this as well uh, on their own shows that they have on YouTube and so on and so forth. Uh, the Journal of Diabetes and Its Complications. That's the name of the journal. Hmm. And uh, actually had an article where it said that in – it did more than one study. I believe it was two studies, maybe more, uh, and I don't remember what the sample size was. But in the studies, it showed – that 30 to 35% of all people, and that means diabetic or not diabetic, and that's what it triggered in my head when you said that, mm-hmm. diabetic or not diabetic, 30 to 35% of all people have insulin resistance in the world. That's, right. a, that's a lot of people. That's a problem. Sure that's and, a pandemic. That's a problem. Yeah, and, and like uh, I had even said last week, you know, a lot of people, they, they don't figure, well, I don't have an issue. Uh, I, I'm just fine because it's not really showing up as it would in a diabetic, in a diabetic, at least not now. As we know, this is something right. that can build up over time. And sure enough, uh, it can, well, it'll seem like it's hitting you out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's things that we could do to obviously offset that. But that said, um, you know, we know that a calorie is not actually, you know, they're not all created equal. I mean, obviously, a hot fudge sundae is not the same as a boneless skillet ch- chicken breast. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, calories from whole food versus those from processed food um, are going to be completely different. Right. But, Tony, maybe you could shed a little bit more light on all of that. Oh, there, there's a ton of light here to be shed. I could tell you that right now. You, you know, a calorie is not a calorie. And I know that that irritates a lot of people. But, you know... From, from one standpoint, I'll, I'll give them this. From one standpoint, yes, a calorie is a calorie, okay? And that's, and that's this particular standpoint. Every single calorie, every single individual calorie contains the same amount of energy, mm-hmm. which is equal to 4,184 joules. In that aspect, a calorie is a calorie. There's no changing that. There's no, there's no argument there, okay? Right. However, you know, different sources of food have different effects from a calorie standpoint, on things such as energy expenditure, hunger needs, you know, do I feel full or don't I feel full? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's just the beginning of it. You know, you know, your example that you had just mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, the, the Sunday versus the boneless, right. skinless chicken breast, you can, you can take so many other comparisons. You can take cake versus salmon, mm-hmm. uh, avocados versus a candy bar, brownies right. versus, you know, kale and tuna salad. If, mm-hmm. if you compare any, any of those things, okay, one-on-one, one versus one. And you, you're, you're putting the same amount of calories on your plate, all right? Uh, listen, absolutely no way is, you know, let's say uh, 300 calories of kale and tuna salad, absolutely no way is it the same as a 300-calorie brownie sitting on the plate next to it. Right, that makes sure. That makes absolutely no sense. Right, sure. Yeah, but, uh, you figure 300 calories worth of brownie is going to be like a, a four by four inch square, whereas 300 calories of uh, Kelvin tuna fish, you're probably going to have three plates full <laughs> of right. tuna fish and, and kelp. And, and, so, sure. I, I mean, yeah, just, I mean, just yeah, from the visual there, yes. Sure. So, I mean, you know, from a nutritional standpoint alone, the nutrients in one versus the nutrients in the other. Right. You know, there, there's two main, there's two main sugars in, in our eating, okay, mm-hmm. in our diet. I hate using that word, but fructose and glucose all right some people say fructose i say fructose fructose yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean that's just how that's a a, and probably the biggest reason why i say that is because i always associated fructose with fruit Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and so and so for those of you that are going to argue this point because you're going to say well fructose is in fruit and fruit is good for you that's another show 
that's another show because you're absolutely right to a certain extent. And we can sure. talk about that down the road. Uh, actually, Joe, let's put a note there. Fructose versus glucose. Let's have a whole yeah. show about that. And, 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 and to be clear, fructose is not high fructose corn syrup. Oh, big difference. Yeah. So just, just, and we're, that, that is definitely something we will talk about. Uh, know that high fructose corn syrup is something that's made uh, from all sorts of other things. Fructose is an actual natural uh, um, uh, sugar. Yes. All right. So they're, they're very, very different, but yeah. anyway, so, uh, go on. You were saying, well, you know, in fructose, you know, you find it in, in such, you know, certain foods, like what you mentioned above, you know, your cakes and your Sundays and your brownies sure. and so on. And then glucose, you know, it's not always found in much healthier foods, but you can find it in much healthier foods as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, foods on the glycemic index, which we're going to really get into here in a little bit with very low numbers, you know, when we right. talk about that one to a hundred, we're going to talk about that. Uh, it doesn't, the, you know, foods that don't elevate, Elevate blood sugar levels quickly when consumed. You know, so you know. Listen, we're we're going to have to do uh, like we ju- we just mentioned a minute ago. We're going to have to do several shows and, and, and continue to attack this issue because there's so much information here. Um, you know, there's there is a uh, uh, an article in Healthline.com. It's a fantastic article, uh, and it points out why a calorie is not a calorie. Uh, and uh, it, it touches on, I think, approximately six different areas. And just, you know, for some examples, it touches on, you know, the, the satiety, the satiety index, you know, feeling satiated, feeling full, you know, mm-hmm. and what that means, you know, which it's a great concept that shows us the ability of different foods to reduce hunger and increase the feeling of of a being full, by showing what triggers satiety, okay? You know, meaning 500 calories of one food may not be as powerful in accomplishing, in accomplishing you know, satiety as 500 calories of another. It touches, this article touches on so many other things, you know, at the top of my head, the, the same number of calories has vastly different effects on hunger, hormones, and metabolic health, depending on the foods you eat. And, you know, just looking at the foods we just mentioned, okay, if you're Mm going to eat salmon and kale, okay, if you're going to eat tuna, if you're going to eat avocados, you're going to have a completely different hormonal effect in your body. And your metabolic health is going to be so much better. If you eat the same amount of calories of cake and candy, all those things are going to differ when it comes to how much hungrier you are even after you eat them, how it causes hormonal differences in your body and how it affects your metabolic health in the long run. Yep. You know, and I think, I think one of the biggest takeaways for our calorie counters out there is, you know, not only is it just that, you know, and it's obvious, right? We know that cake is not the same as chicken, right? But at the same time, understanding that, um, th- there's more to it than just the fact that y- you know one is healthier than the other. Yes. It actually has a, a an effect on the body um, more than just your knowledge, right? Right. So as you were saying, hormonal differences and um, um, you know just uh, a metabolic your metabolic health is going to be uh, you know much better if you're eating better foods. Again, sounds extremely elementary, right? But it's easy to pass over when we just do this. Uh, again, this visual thing of, well, that looks like it'll, you know, be healthy. That's not. And so just go with what's healthy. And although that'll work a lot of the time, it's just, uh, as I, I'd said in the past, um, I think it was a couple of shows ago mm-hmm. where, you know, even in counting calories uh, is such a great idea just because, um, especially if you're just starting out, it's getting you, it's a good starting block. It's getting you on the way to understanding health and nutrition. Sure. And so this is just that much more. Right. Um, 
Now we just in in you 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 you'd mentioned the glycemic index. I did. And so we're going to get into what that is. Uh, and there's this other thing called glycemic load. And one has to deal with the other. Let's just get into it. So um, we talked about that and talked about insulin resistance and sensitivity last week. And I believe I promised that we would talk about it here. So and to sum it up, after the body has regular amount of insulin spikes, the cells start to become resistant and they'll build the resistance. But yep. it's the same thing. They become resistant, they'll build the resistance. Just right. like anything else, your body gets used to over time. Uh, it, it builds resistance to things, medications. I mean, we've heard this before. Yes. Um, and so what happens is the glucose, instead of it going into the cell to be used as energy, starts to get stored as fat in the fat cells. Uh, and so obviously we don't want to become resistant, uh, to, to insulin. Um, if our body, and I I believe I have this right now, if our body isn't used to the spikes, the cells will remain sensitive, right? Correct. And now if they remain sensitive, the glucose then can enter the cell and the cell will use it for energy instead of storing it as a fat. Correct. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes I, I, have to I have to make sure. I, that's that that's a great way of putting it. Yes, and there's more that goes with that. I mean, obviously. Sure, sure. So this is all going to bring to question a couple of things, right? How do we sure. figure out which foods would be more likely to cause these spikes, so we can avoid that resistance? And also, why do cells stick in their walls in the first place? You'd mentioned last week that uh, you said something about how um, there was a a. Uh, uh, a door. Ex- yeah, it was an example, right? Well, that yeah. as it uh, uh, the cells become thicker, where you need a battering ram, um, when when they're resistant and when they're sensitive, they're like a screen door, and it allows the glucose in. I mean, it makes sense based on what I'd said, but why do they thicken? Right. So so let's not really look at it as the doors thickening, and I'll explain that in a second. I'll, I'll explain that in a second. But it, it, that's exactly what we talked about in the last episode, uh, in the last show. Uh, you, you, when you're when you're eating foods um, high on the glycemic index, okay, mm-hmm. every two to three hours, what happens is this: you keep your insulin levels spiked high because every two to three hours, you're causing the pancreas to release more and more insulin into the bloodstream, okay, uh, and it's what it's doing at that point is it's taking the glucose and it's filling the cells. Now, uh, you know, if that continues on every two to three hours, constantly taking in carbohydrates that are, that are causing this problem, constantly taking in glucose, constantly filling the cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a great example here, okay? But what happens also here is that the, 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 the body becomes complacent. Uh, it's not needing any more glucose. It simply slows down in response, you know, in response to insulin. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really feel like it needs any more insulin. And therefore you start to get resistance to the insulin that the body's creating. And, and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more, but let me give you the example that'll, that'll kind of bring home that, that, that door incident that mm-hmm. we were, you were just bringing up. Right. So let's say you have a bar. Okay. Bear with me. If you have a bar, it's a small bar. It's a local bar. It's, it's, it's a huge attraction on Monday night football and it's always packed. And so, you know, Monday night football and the bar starts to get packed and the bouncer at the door says, we can't get any more people in here. Literally, if we put two more people in here and we're going to be bursting at the seams. And so you have people that are waiting outside to get in. And when two people come out, two people go in. Okay, Mm -hmm. you're at that now. If you try to stuff any more in there, 
it literally just becomes an impossible situation when the only way to get in there is to use a battering ram. Does that make a little more sense now? It does. Yeah. And so, and so basically when you're constantly, constantly eating carbohydrates, especially higher on the glycemic index, and you're constantly raising your blood sugar level so high and the pancreas is constantly releasing insulin into the body and it's got more and more glucose trying to get into the cell and there's no more room in the cell. It makes it impossible for the body to remove, to move that insulin, for that insulin to move that glucose into the cell. Now, the pancreas is under the impression that you need more insulin to get that glucose into the cell that won't go in. So it keeps creating more and more insulin, more and more insulin. And the insulin can do nothing with the glucose because your cells are packed because you continue to eat the wrong kinds of foods every two to three hours. And it's an ugly process that if you over, over time will start to cause so many other problems. Initially, insulin resistance your body is resisting insulin because you're creating too much of it okay <laughs> well that makes that yeah that definitely makes <clears throat> uh i don't want to say more sense but it makes sense beyond what you were saying as far as with the uh the thickening of the walls what have you uh as far as trying to get more glucose into the cells yeah obviously it can only fit so much and yeah when you get to that point it's going to start to store it right so um well, now let's get back to the tools that we were talking about, though, to help us um, avoid any sort of resistance. And we know the first one is the glycemic index, right? Right. So, you know, we know the glycemic index takes into account the amount of time it takes for food we consume to digest, releasing glucose, okay, into the bloodstream. And obviously, uh, well, not obviously, because the people may, may not know this. We, we use values between 1 and 100 to do this. 100 being the quickest, meaning uh, a food with a 100 value, okay, on the glycemic index, releases glucose into the bloodstream the quickest. Your blood sugar levels increase the fastest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most, you know, most glycemic index charts are approximations and some charts may even vary slightly between studies sure. and their findings by uh, a couple points here or there. You'll see a lot of plus minus threes or plus minus fours in these charts. Um, you know, we, we have a link to a, a glycemic index chart, by the way, in the description of the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's actually a, a, a large PDF. It covers a, a lot of different foods, but good. Good. And, and, and I think it's, it's very beneficial for people to have that and understand it. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, also real quick, it, it, sure. you could very easily Google glycemic index for <laughs> and whatever food it is that you're going to eat. And more than likely, you're going to get, you know, a, a number that is within that approximation. Right. I mean, you know, and, and these numbers and these numbers will be approximate, like you just said, except for sugar. Yeah, pure sugar is as easy as it gets 100. Um, and so, uh, you know, this proves again, the higher the number, the quicker the elevation of glucose into the bloodstream, and in turn means the higher your insulin will spike. Right. So basically, just to summarize all that, the glycemic index is going to tell us how fast glucose enters the bloodstream. The faster it does, the higher the number on the glycemic index chart, the higher that number the greater the insulin spike. And as we said, too many of those high spikes on a regular basis are going to start to lead us into that insulin resistance since our cells get used to it, right? Right, right. That's absolutely right. You know, but, but what's probably even more helpful, 
all right, is is something called the glycemic load. Uh-huh. All right. So now we were changing. We're, we're changing path here. Uh, not much, but we're changing our path a little bit. And uh, this is an equation. All right. We use that takes the total amount of carbs in grams. All right. Into consideration. And that's this is what we do to, to figure out the same thing. All right. We take the total amount of grams into consideration that you've consumed. So why use something different to figure out the same thing that might be that might be the question a lot of people ask mm-hmm. huh? and, and, you know, and why, why why do we have to do math now but <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Now, and yeah now we got to do math yeah. but it's simple math though it, it really is, it, it's simple it math. is. and i'll tell you i'm gonna throw a couple examples at you mm-hmm. i'm gonna make you do the math on one of them actually mm-hmm. uh, but you know uh you know simply put you know the equation for figuring out the glycemic load uh, of of a food all right. Now, get, take the, remember this. It will measure only the carbohydrates in a serving of food, a serving of food. This is important because when taking glycemic index, all and I mean all foods are figured at 50 grams of carbs and its effect on blood glucose, blood, blood glucose. <laughs> blood, blood, blood. Maybe I'm going cuckoo. I that's don't know. A, that's the crazy. That's the crazy, yeah. crazy sugars. But go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but basically, again, it's it's always it's always on a constant. Fifty grams of carbs, and its effect on blood glucose uh. after approximately two hours of eating or, or drinking, uh, I would say. Um, and so, you know, whereas the glycemic load serving sizes, they're going to vary. Because it's exactly what you ate, what you consumed, you know. So now here's the hard part, the actual equation. Well, I mean, I guess we're going to have this in the podcast uh, description as well, right? What, oh, the equation? Yeah, definitely. That's the yeah, idea. Uh, okay. J- just because I'm just going to, you know, I don't want to like say what it is and then nobody knows. Everyone's like, wait a minute, yeah. what did you just say? And, yeah. and actually the glycemic index chart that I'm going to have up there, I believe it's an index slash load. They've already done the math. <laughs> but – but there may be foods that aren't there that maybe you're curious or maybe you're this is something that that is going to hit a little bit more home for you. And yeah. it would be good to know anyhow. So, so and, and folks, let me just say this real quick before I go on with, with, with the actual equation. Uh, print them out for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's make it that simple. Print them out for yourself and have them right next to you. OK, or, or wherever you're, you know, wherever you want to put them that are it's convenient for you to, to access. But, you know. So here it is, the actual equation. Real simple. It's grams of carbs in the food that you consumed, the the actual serving size, mm-hmm. times the glycemic index chart number, okay, uh-huh. where the chart will be right in front of them if they print it out. Right. And then you divide it by the constant, which is 100. Now, I'm going to give you an example. You got a pencil and paper? I got a calculator. I'll tell you what, that works out even better. Uh, welcome to modern technology. Yeah. So uh, here, here's, here's, the following, here's the following example, okay? I want you mm-hmm. to write this down. Now, let's say we have a baked potato, a whole okay. baked potato, but we're only going to eat half of it. Let's say that baked potato is 64 grams of carbohydrates. Right. Now, so, so we're going to cut it directly in half because we're only going to be looking at our serving size now. We're not looking at what the glycemic index will give us for a whole potato. We're looking at a half a potato, the serving size. So cut that 64 down into 32 grams, and that's going to be your first number of the equation. Okay. Now, is that the 
grams as far as weight or grams as far as carbs? Carbs. Okay, so grams of carbs. Uh, yes. 64 carbs. We cut, it, we cut the potato in half, so 32 carbs. 32 carbs. Okay. I want you to multiply that. When you look at the glycemic index, the glycemic number for a potato is 78 plus or minus 4. Let's stay with 78. Okay. We have 2,496. All you have to do now is divide that by 100. And it is 24.96. So let's just say 24. Let's say, let's say 25. Sure. We're really close there. So let's sure. just break it off into 25. And, and so now let me say that with this, okay? Here are the numbers, ladies and gentlemen. Here are the numbers you are looking at. And if you don't have them uh, anywhere around you, write them down on the papers that you're going to print out that you see in the description of the podcast. When your number falls between 1 and 10, now don't forget, Joe's number fell at about 25. When your number falls between 1 and 10, that's little to no effect on your blood sugar level increasing, okay? When it is 11 to 19, that is a moderate increase in blood sugar levels. When it is 20 or above, that is a significant spike in blood sugar, okay? So with the potato, a half a potato at this point with its glycemic load number being 25, Mm -hmm. you're already at a relatively high insulin spike with that half a baked potato. So, so let me give you this example, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just get – you don't have to do any math on this one, okay? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this one. Uh, I have it right here in front of me uh, right. for the purpose of this show, and I'm, I'm going to read it to you. For example, uh, popcorn. If you go to the glycemic index and look at popcorn, all right? Now, folks, remember, okay, the index only goes off of a 50-gram portion, okay, as far as uh, when you're looking at approximates in terms of the glycemic index, 50 gram portion of carbohydrates per uh, per item that's listed on the glycemic index. An actual serving size of popcorn is only 15 grams. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take that 15 grams and you're going to put it into that equation. And now you're looking at 15 grams, all right, times the 85 divided by 100. And the number is going to be only 10 or right around 10. That's going to be the load. So the glycemic index has it at 85 based on 50 grams of carbohydrates for the popcorn. But your glycemic load, which is off of the actual portion size that you're going to eat, which is about 15 grams, when put into that equation, is only a 10. Now, what did I say earlier? 1 to 10, little to no effect on your elevation of blood glucose. Right. So therefore, therefore, you know that you could take in 15 grams of popcorn for yourself and really not have any bearing on elevating your insulin levels rapidly by consuming that amount of popcorn. Right. And so basically, uh, it, you know, glycemic load is the same thing as glycemic index. Um, but the thing with glycemic load is it's more about the quantity of carbs. Right, right. Okay. And, and, and the glycemic load bases its number off of the glycemic index and rates it on a scale to show how the glucose will affect your insulin levels. Uh, myself personally, I mean, uh, if I have to be honest here, you know, I, I try to keep it below 20. I mean, everybody should try to keep it below 20. You know, it would be great anywhere between 5 and 15. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can keep your glycemic loads for your portion sizes somewhere in there, 
that would be fantastic. Yeah, and that would keep our insulin spikes mid-level, so high spikes would be better received when the glucose mm-hmm. tries to enter the cell. So we're kind of keeping in touch with our sensitive side. <laughs> I noticed I paused there because I was like, is he, did he try and throw a joke in there? Yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, that was a bad dad joke, but certainly, yeah. <laughs> okay. In there, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Folks, listen here. You know, there, again, we're, you're going to hear this all the time from us as far as, you know, medical disclaimers are concerned because you have to understand this. I don't care if it's about nutrition uh, when it comes to different types of um, eating styles you're going to change to, whether it's paleo, whether it's keto, whether it's intermittent fasting, whether it's the carnivore carnivore, carnivore diet, uh, and so on and so forth. I don't care if it's about fitness and whether you're going to try a high-intensity interval training program. You always must make sure of one thing. You have to contact your physician. Let them know what you've been listening to. Show them the notes you've been taking. Tell them what we've been talking about. Ask them what they think your approach should be to a program such as that. Yeah. Whichever one it is. And, and real quick too, the whole popcorn one, um, please know that that does not give anyone permission to put five pounds of butter and uh, cheese and your favorite, uh, you know, well, uh, yeah. There's a good, there's say, a well, good it's disclaimer. Just, it's just yeah. 15 grams. Uh, no, <laughs> no, you just increased it by, by eight, but yeah, okay. Every one of those items that you added on, you would also have to do the figuring on. So, you know, uh, the nice thing is, is we all kind of, we're, we're creatures of habit, right? So the way that you would typically eat your popcorn, it's not going to change. Once you do it once, you always have that number. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and and I can tell you this, I believe the, the ones that I pulled for that one, that specific popcorn is actually literally called skinny popcorn um i, I don't course. know that that's the you know I, i'm sure it's there's a lot of marketing that goes into that i, I was just gonna uh, say yeah. marketing yeah I yeah, think yeah, it has yeah. Something, to, something to do with that name uh but i do know um there it's their butter flavored one that i went off of and uh, uh that's where i got that info from so you know something to to just bear in mind uh before you decide to sure uh, go to the movie theater and buy the largest tub of popcorn that they have to offer <laughs> so now that we have a better understanding right so now yeah. we have a better understanding of how food can work well nobody's going to the theater anytime soon but <laughs> well and then, then there's that, that that dates this episode a bit but that's okay yeah, yeah. Uh, so now that we have a better understanding yeah. of how food can work against us and how our bodies are going to break down carbs and the glucose and either use it for energy or store it as fat there's something else we need to talk about and the key words when it comes to insulin spikes We've said this over and over again. We've used words like routine, constant, and continually. If you, you know, it's the way that you routine, routinely eat, or if you're constantly eating this way, or if you continually have insulin spikes. Actually, I've even said that one of the things that we need to consider is the amount of time that we take between eating meals. I think I said that like in the first episode. You did. Um, and so let me recap something that I said just from last week. So, If you remember, I brought up the parking lot scenario when it comes to the way that our body works with with, uh, insulin and glucose. Insulin's like the valet for the glucose cars. It starts to park the glucose in one of three parking lots first. It starts with the liver. Once the liver fills up, it then moves on to the muscles. Once the muscle cells fill up, it then starts to park the glucose cars into adipose fat, making no fat cells. Right now, as we um, 
and of course now we're talking about resistance right because at that at that point those parking lots are full there's only one place for all the extra glucose to go or like in tony's scenario the bar is so full these extra people well they're being stored down in this fat area okay Mm -hmm. and when we go to burn it off Unfortunately, we have to expire all of the glucose that's stored up in the liver and the muscles first before we even start to hit the fat. Um, And and I wonder, too, this brings a question real quick, uh, Tony. Um, I've always heard that if you do cardio, typically the first 20 to 25 minutes needs to be done just to get to the fat. Um, is that, is there, I I don't know if that's a myth. Is that something I'm going to say it's a myth and, and here's what I mean by that. It really all depends on where your body's at going into that cardio session in terms of where your insulin levels are at. Um, if your insulin levels are extremely high, if you just ate, I'm going to use it. You just ate four donuts. Sure. Uh, a half an hour ago, and now you're doing cardio, I could promise you, you can go ahead and do all the cardio you want for two hours, and you're not going you're to, get to, to get any, to that fat. You're never getting to that yeah, stored fat. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and, and, and so there's that. Um, it, it's to say, you know, maybe if you have a couple hours in, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's hard to say. It would be based on what somebody's eating, uh, and that makes enough sense. But sure. Um, you know, there was something, Tony, that you had heard. Uh, we talked about this, um, about the compartment storage theory or uh, something along those lines. You want to uh, explain that? Yeah, the compartment storage theory was uh, it was a great example that I heard uh, not too long ago. And I hope I do it justice by explaining it. Um, but it, it really it really gives you a complete understanding of why you are not folks. I'm talking to you. Why, if you're trying to lose weight, you may not be losing weight. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with calories in and calories out. And I know, again, that that bothers people, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not, listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a biochemist. I am a professional trainer. I have, you know, certifications as a specialist in fitness nutrition. And it's simply me studying all right, different studies and, and different aspects and, and different, you know, literature and reading up on and, and, and listening to the right people, okay, and understanding how this works. And this has been proven time and time again. The direct culprit is insulin, okay, and where your levels are at, which is not allowing your body to burn stored fat. And here's the example that was given, and I'm going to try and make this a long story short too late. <laughs> um, let's take, for example, let's, let, let's take, for example, you have a refrigerator. Okay. Everybody has a refrigerator in their house and then you go to a door right off the kitchen and you open that door and you walk down the steps into your basement where you have one of them huge freezers that your grandmother had in the 1970s. Maybe I'm dating myself now. Um, and in that freezer is packed with nothing but food, okay? Tons of food. But the only way to get that door unlocked to get downstairs to that freezer is to finish off everything in your refrigerator. So what you're doing is every time you're eating, somebody continues, you continue to eat something, and you continue to put food in the refrigerator. You continue to put food in the refrigerator. You continue to put it every two to three hours. You never get the refrigerator emptied. And because of that, 
you're constantly using that as your energy just out of the refrigerator. And all that stored fat in that huge freezer just sits there because you can never get to that as a secondary source of energy because your insulin levels are constantly being elevated. And therefore, your body is using only the energy from the food you're consuming every two to three hours, and it can't get to the stored energy. Now, when you start to take more time between your meals, okay, and this is not to say you can eat whatever you want and listen, that's a different rabbit hole, and we're going to continuously do shows about this stuff when we, when we do shows about nutrition. But when you, when you give yourself time in between meals, five, six, seven, eight, nine hours, okay? You go to uh, processes that you're going to hear a lot of, you hear us talk about, you know, OMAD, one meal a day, TMAD, two meals a day. Uh, dare I say what you've already heard out there in Two Brothers, One Mike Land, probably a million times, and you're probably tired of it, an intermittent fasting approach, okay? Where you're not constantly eating and you're you're not constantly increasing your insulin levels and you're able to empty the refrigerator because you're not going into it so often and not filling it back up so often. And then you have the key to opening the door where you got to have you, when you want to get more food, you have to go into that freezer and start emptying it out and start burning that as your energy source. It's the two compartment theory. It's, it is a theory that has been proven time and time again. It has nothing to do with calories. I'm not saying calories aren't important. I'm simply saying that, listen, your body does not count calories. It doesn't even know how to, okay? What your body does know is that when its insulin levels are elevated, it is not able, okay, to operate and function the way our bodies are made to function. So therefore, you have to change your eating habits and it has to be a habit, and it's going to take longer than 21 days to figure it out so that your body can learn how to burn your body. When, when you think you're starving, you're really not because you haven't eaten every three hours. Your body starts to feed itself off of your secondary storage, which is that freezer in your basement. Now, there's so much more that goes into this theory. There's so much more to talk about. I'm hoping that that gave you maybe some insight to the beginning of where we're going to be going with our next several shows when we talk about nutrition. Because as you know, we talk about more than nutrition on this show. But when we're talking about nutrition, we want to start talking about how to slow down the eating process to get to that freezer in the basement. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could almost look at it as, you know, insulin is like the mercury switch. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's like a mercury switch. If it's tilted one way, the other one is off. And it's tilted the other way. The other side is off. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the key more or less to that door to the freezer. Yes. Um, and, and it's just as long as and again, I, I always say uh, and, and I will always say, please know that, again, we're not we may subscribe to the theories and the, and, and the philosophies and the science behind intermittent fasting. Yes. But this show will not, it's not going to be just, we're not like gearing up to intermittent fasting and then that's all we're going to do. Absolutely. Not. Again, this whole process, the enzymatic and hormonal processes that take place when you take a bite of food, take place, whether you're taking that bite of food on any diet that exists. So it's sort of the litmus test. Okay, because no matter what, it is all about the insulin. 
All right. And yes, counting calories for those of you who are start, starting out, you will see a, a weight decrease pr- provided you're doing it correctly. Okay. You're yeah. doing it as healthy mm-hmm. as possible. There sure. will come a point where your body will get used to whatever calories it is that you're taking in and then it will stop or your BMR or you will decide, well, I need to eat less. Um, and now you're, now you are starving yourself. You're going to be miserable and you'll start to see the weight coming back on if you don't plateau. So see, um, I'm saying this because, uh, if, if you remember, I said about not being a hypocrite in a later show, um, I counted calories and then I plateaued and just couldn't budge until I began spacing, you know, time delayed eating is the, is, is the, the new you know, the new way that it's phrased uh, where I started to practice that. And then I was able to lose my last stubborn uh, uh, 10, 12 pounds, what have you. Um, That being said, though, again, I don't want to make this too much about what what next week's show is going to be, but it's definitely a preview uh, what we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to switch up gears a bit. Actually, uh, we're going to go and talk more about the mental aspect of things. Uh, we're going to start off with what it really means to be the best you, what yeah. we're talking about. Um, you know, it, it's more than just some simple, you know, phrase or, uh, you know, or, or this one weird trick. Uh, you know, it's it, I really want to dive in uh, deep um, and kind of deal with some of those some things that I think some folks may be a little uncomfortable talking about, maybe uh you'll 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 find some solidarity in in seeing that uh, you're not the only one who feels the way that I know I certainly did. Um, also, obviously, we are going to open this door to intermittent fasting. It, it seems right. It goes hand in hand with everything that we're talking about. Uh, but, you know, we are going to move into other things as well. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, I don't know, Tony, you have anything else here before I go into this? Yeah, you know, just, just, you know, and just real quick to everybody. Listen, folks, stay the course uh, with the show. Uh, subscribe. All right. We appreciate it. We talk to friends, talk to relatives about the show. Let them know, you know, about this show, what it is we're trying to accomplish here. We're trying to get you to be just what he's just talking about. And what I always say at the end of every show, be the best you. Okay. And what you have to understand is when we're talking about these things, it's not going to be a one and done. As I said before, we're going to constantly keep bringing this stuff up. We're going to constantly home to get you a better understanding of what it is we're talking about and how we feel uh, about these particular avenues that you know we're trying to take you down and then you make your own decision but give it a chance give it a chance and i think you're going to truly enjoy this if you stay the journey and subscribe yeah absolutely and uh yeah don't forget you can download if you want to listen to us at a later time uh and definitely share subscribe uh every every bit helps for certain uh so remember i'm going to leave a link in the uh podcast description for any voice messages if you guys have any questions comments opinions anything you want to say feel free to leave us a message uh if it's something that you know you want a question that you do want answered make sure to let us know whether or not you want your voice on the air i can easily just you know refer to it without putting the actual message on it wouldn't be a problem and as always be sure to join us each week as we release new episodes every wednesday morning at 9 a.m and that is eastern standard time so on behalf of coach tony that is my brother, by the way. I keep calling him Coach Tony. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and you know, I just, I forget that this is the podcast. This is not for his athletes. But he is a coach, <laughs> and he is Coach Tony. And thank you. And myself, I want to thank everyone for listening. 
Be the best year, everybody. All right, guys, take care.